Welcome to another edition of Profiles, a look into the music, artistry, lives, and legacies of the musicians and artists who defined a uniquely creative era by breaking boundaries and finding new influences. While they not only ushered in social as well as political change, they also created immensely popular legacies that have truly stood the test of time. Vince Wilburn Jr. is the nephew of the late great jazz icon Miles Davis and oversees the Miles Davis estate along with Aaron and Cheryl Davis, the son and daughter of Miles. Vince is, most notably, a highly accomplished drummer, producer, band leader, and radio host who has both toured and recorded with Miles on recordings and performances from 1984 through 1987, including the Grammy Award-winning album Aura and the 2008 Grammy-nominated Miles from India project. Vince toured with the all-star Miles from India Ensemble and as a leader with the Miles Electric Band, which played to sold-out crowds around the world, including here in L.A. at the Hollywood Bowl in 2012 and the Playboy Jazz Festival in 2018. All this in addition to his work on many acclaimed recordings, speaking nationwide on industry panels and other projects too numerous to mention here. Vince is also the host of Evolution of the Groove, heard Sundays from 5 to 6 p.m. right here on KPFK 90.7 FM, Los Angeles. Welcome to Profiles. Hey, Maggie. I mean, Shook. I mean, Maggie. That's my nickname for Maggie. I love it. <laughs> Let's begin by talking about Merci Miles live at Vienne and paint a picture for our listeners of the setting of this concert, a first century Roman amphitheater on the banks of the Rhone River in France. How fitting would you say it was that Miles played one of the last performances with one of his most forward-looking groups at a venue that is about 2,000 years old? Well, um, I'm sure he... he uh... He didn't think it was going to be his last time in, in, in France, but he always loved um, touring in Europe and especially in France. He said the water tastes different, you know, and, and, and the food was different, and, and he loved, uh, he loved the, uh, the audience. Do you find the focus on concerts in France of this last European tour especially significant as what would turn out to be his farewell to the country that embraced him like no other? Well, well you know, Maggie, on the tour, see, see, no one knew that it was going to be the final. So, but every time, you know, even when I was in the band, when we would tour Europe, they just, you know, they put, you know, put out the red carpet and... And um, this just happened to be captured on his final tour. But this is this is how it was every time uh, Uncle Miles toured Europe. Miles brought a superb group to the stage that night. Let's talk about the musicians, beginning with the drummer, whose memory the recording is dedicated to. What can you tell us about this phenomenal drummer, Ricky Wellman? Ricky is 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 Ricky and I became friends. Ricky was the drummer after me in, in, the, in the band. Um, um, and I thought that it was only uh, fitting to, to dedicate the record to him. Ricky, we lost Ricky, passed away. Um, but Ricky was one of the inventors of the go-go beat. He's out of DC, with, you know, with, playing with Chuck Brown, the world-renowned Chuck Brown. And, 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 I, and I heard that his father was a, was a, was a 
very well-known drummer out of D.C., a go-go drummer. And uh, his cousin Juju, William Juju House, people don't know this, played on Slave to the Rhythm for Grace Jones. So, you know, uh, Ricky was a, a, had a big heart and, and, and a beautiful cat. And we all miss him. Now, of course, rounding out the rhythm section were bassists Richard Patterson and Foley, who's listed as the lead bass. Tell our listeners about these two guys. Well, well, Foley, I think he came into the band on a recommendation from Marcus, if I'm not mistaken. And Foley plays all the instruments. Foley was signed to Motown. Foley's a super talented cat. And... And the lead bass was to, to, to not replace the guitar, but it was another kind of, another sound that Uncle Miles was hearing, you know? And um, when Foley came on the set with, with Uncle Miles, I mean, it was, it was amazing. He, he's a bad cat. He's a super bad cat. Richard, the Fender bass, uh, Fender, the bass player, is from, hails from Chicago. And Richard and I grew up together. As a matter of fact, he's going to kill me for saying this, but I used to go and pick Richard up to bring him over to my house to rehearse and take him home when we were coming up and in, 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 as shorties, you know, but that was the only way I could get the car. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't mind picking him up, but, um, you know, Richard, man, you know, Richard Foley, you know, again, you know, Uncle Miles knew how to pick him. He knew how to, you know, he knew what to hear in musicians and he brought out the best of all of us when you, when you were part of what I call Miles Davis University. On keyboards, we find the last band member ever hired by Miles, Darren Johnson. Vince, Ashley Kahn's wonderful liner notes note that you recommended Darren to Miles. How did that happen? And what do you think made this young cat so appealing to Miles? From playing with Darren and hearing him out on the set, you know, I used to see him playing around the city. And when the keyboard chair became available, Uncle Miles again asked me who, who was bad, you know, when I say bad, killing on the set, you know. And I, I immediately thought about Darren. The rest is history. You know, you know, you you know, Maggie, you recommend musicians to Uncle Miles, and it's up to uh, up to him, of course, being the band leader and being Miles Davis, to decide on, you know, who he wanted in the band, you know. And he had an uncanny knack for uh, hearing cats and, and, and getting them in the band and, and, and touring. But Darren is a Darren is a is a composer. He's, he's he scores uh, uh, movies, and you know he's he's a bad bad cat. Another one, and he's a great friend. The name of the album is Miles Davis. Merci, Miles, live at Vienne. This is an historic performance available now. Uh, in its original order, for the first time ever, it's a musical farewell to France and the world from Miles's final tour. Uh, featuring staggering performances by the great Miles Davis, Kenny Garrett, uh, Darren Johnson, Foley, uh, Richard Patterson, and the great drummer Ricky Wellman. We began the show with a track Marcus Miller wrote entitled Hannibal. Now, I know Marcus uh, is not on this album, Vince, but let's just talk about bassist, uh, composer, band leader, Marcus Miller and his extraordinary uh, influence that he had on Miles and vice versa. He's he's um you know he's an, he's he's the man. It's Marcus Miller from Jamaica Queens. Um, 
he toured and played with Uncle Miles in the 80s. Uh, we both played on Man with the Horn. And um, later on in, in Marcus's journey, uh, Tommy LaPuma, the late Tommy LaPuma, reached out to Marcus and said he was working on a new record for Uncle Miles and, and, uh, and Warner Brothers. Uncle Miles left uh, Son Legacy to sign, and signed with Warner. Um, and asked Marcus, you know, did he have any tunes? And Marcus submitted some songs and played them for Uncle Miles. Uncle Miles dug him. And that's how that, that, that you know, he'd already played with him as a sideman. Then Marcus went on to produce, you know, Marcus, another one who plays all the instruments. We're slowly but surely getting through the band members' events, but there's the phenomenal force of nature, saxophonist Kenny Garrett. Tell us why you think Kenny was such a perfect complement to Miles on the band's front line. Because Kenny is a... He's steeped in jazz. He's steeped in all types of music, as Uncle Miles, you know, was. And, you know, they dug everything. There was no limits in, in the direction, and any of the band members, you know, uh, and what they could bring to the stage or, or to the studio. You know. um, Kenny was just a consummate musician, you know, to, 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 to like you said, uh, accompany Uncle Miles on the front line, you know. And, and he, knows, he knows so much music, you know. He's a... They're all band leaders. I remember when, when I was in the band and, and Kenny was, was, he wanted to play with Uncle Miles then, you know? But we had Bob Berg and then we had Gary Thomas. You know, the chair was full. So, but, um, you know, I just talked to Kenny yesterday. He's, he's got a new record coming out. He's incredible. When I, you know, I know this is about Mercy Miles, but I'm just, you know, reflecting on my time because I'm, I'm sure I could, I could speak for these guys and how we all wanted to give our best. And, 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 and Uncle Miles would bring that out of us, you know? And, and what, we, what those guys brought to this record was incredible. I mean, I, I, was, I, I just got through listening to it. They didn't approach it like it would, because no one knew that it would be Uncle Miles' last performance in France, but they, that's how they brought it every night. We began the program with the Marcus Miller piece, Hannibal, but we only got to play a short portion of it. I'd like to go back and listen to more of the composition, Hannibal, where Kenny Garrett just takes off. Merci, Miles includes two tunes written by Prince. How did the collaboration of Prince and Miles come about, and why do you think they were inspired to work together? Maggie, that's a great question. Um, I think because of love, the love and admiration they had for each other. You know, Prince used to call the house and um, they, um, you know, he wanted to compose some, Uncle Miles said, well, hey, you have some, send me some music, you know, and Prince sent him, sent some music. As he did with George Duke and, and everybody that, you know, a bunch of different composers, you know. Um, but it was just a love, you know, a love that that Uncle Miles had for for um, Prince and, and admiration and, and Prince back at Uncle Miles, you know, I think um, there's footage of Uncle Miles playing at, 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 at uh, Prince's birthday in Minneapolis at Paisley Park. Vince, let's take a listen to another track from Merci Miles and we'll listen to one of the Prince tracks. Uh, which one do you want to hear? Hey, Maggie, let's jam Penetration. Thank you. 
The interplay and level of communication between Miles and the individual band member was almost legendary. And one of the guys in the band pointed out that they didn't really rehearse and that Miles never auditioned anyone. So wasn't what happened on the stage the essence of what Miles was all about? And maybe talk a little bit about what was uh, different and so special about Miles on stage. You know, um, um, I, I, I can't answer for him, but I, I always thought that he loved, Uncle Miles loved the spontaneity of what we could, we could bring to the music you know, on stage or in the studio. He didn't he didn't want to over rehearse the band. A lot of times, you know, in the studio, you'd have to get it in one or two takes because after that, he felt that it was it would get watered down or, you know, the, the musicians would lose interest. And for the live things, he would he would like even if rehearsals, he'd have a rehearsal and we'd go over like the themes or go over the things that he heard that he wanted us to try. And then every night was something different. He would record everything. So at night he would listen to the concerts. So for the next concert, the next day or the next, uh, next, um, you know, wherever they were, wherever we were, they were on the road, then he could apply what he thought he could shape it. So in the beginning of a tour, as, you know, the music would start one way. And at the end of the tour, it would have a whole different shape and form and sound. It was incredible. And the way he heard music and the way he would tell us to try certain things and the way he told, you know, I'm sure that he shared with Kenny and, and, and the guys, you know, it was, it was something to behold. Two of my favorite songs on this recording are Time After Time, Cindy Lauper and Human Nature. Human Nature, of course, a big hit for Michael Jackson, the track that we're going to hear right now. The album that we're discussing that is uh, being released for the very first time, Merci Miles, live at Vienne. And we heard an incredible rendition of Michael Jackson's Human Nature. Vince, can you talk a little bit about this song? Living out in Malibu with Uncle Miles, he would always have MTV on, but the sound down. So when it was a group that he dug or kept, you know, caught his eye, he would turn the sound up. Back then, you know, videos were very prominent, you know, and, and, and all of Michael Jackson's uh, videos were like, you know, incredible. And um, that, was, that was something that caught his eye and he always had his trumpet by him. So when he would turn the sound up, he would just like play the, the melodies, you know. And, uh, you know, he would say, man, we should record this. We went to New York, you know, we were in New York and that was one of the songs, you know, he, he, he loved the great melody. Again, spontaneity and let's cut it. This is human nature with this band and we recorded it on You're Under Arrest with the band I was in. So, you know, and you know what, dig this Maggie, he doesn't sound the same on, on either, either uh, rendition, you know. A week after the concert in Vienna at the Montreux Jazz Festival, Miles revisited the music he created with the legendary arranger Gil Evans with an orchestra conducted by the great Quincy Jones. Two days after Montreux, Miles played a concert in Paris billed as Miles and Friends with, wow, incredible guests, Herbie Hancock, Wayne Shorter, Joe Zawinul, and John McLaughlin. <laughs> 
The Miles Davis Group would go on to play 10 more concerts in France, London, Austria, Luxembourg, and Italy before returning home for his final three American shows in Chicago, Concord, California, and the Hollywood Bowl. That's a busy, almost grueling schedule for even young men in good health. But finally, Vince, what did we learn from Miles And what did he teach us about creativity, performance, and artistic endeavors? Well, I would like to think that, you know, he gave it his all, Maggie. You know what I mean? To the end. He didn't BS the music. You know, sometimes artists, they're locked into one style of music or one, you know, something that sells or something that's, you know, and and they get lost in, and, and, and they lose their identity. Uncle Miles never, never got lost in that. He, he, he always wanted to move it forward and he was always thinking about evolution and progression. It, it was something to feed off the energy that Miles gave his, his, his musicians and to be fearless, you know, and, and to always evolve and push the more music forward. And that's what he was about, you know, double Gemini, full of ideas, full of creativity and on and off the bandstand. You know? Miles Davis played an electrifying set at the Vienne Jazz Festival with the Miles Davis Group, which was one of his final live performances before he passed away on September 28, 1991. Vince, we are unfortunately out of time. It's been wonderful, but I did want to get closing thoughts on Miles, uh, this recording, and his incredible legacy. Well, I, I just think it's an incredible um, album, CD, streaming, whatever way you want to listen to it. I, I think that it was captured, it, it, the essence of, of this band and, and what, they, you know, what they had to say that evening, you know, that historic evening. Special shout out to, to um, folks at Rhino, to the co-producers, Florence Halfren and Ashley Kahn. At least in everybody at Rhino, Aaron, Chair. I mean, everybody involved. I mean, all we do is just keep the legacy. Miles Davis will live forever, you know, and we're, we're just the messengers. Vince Wilburn Jr., I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And talk to you real soon. Thank you for, you know, loving music as you do, for being the person you are. And uh, merci, Miles. Miss you, Uncle Miles. Love you, Maggie. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Profiles. And please join me next time for another in-depth look at the legendary musicians and artists who changed the trajectory, opened our minds, and who continue to inspire us. I'm your host and producer, Maggie LaPique. Special thanks to my producers, Jerry O and Andrea Love. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to tune in next time for Profiles with Maggie LaPique.